Obviously, the seven PRC has been asked. You're going to have it. Think yep. third quarter ish. Third yep. quarter. Yeah, we'll have a small amount coming out uh, with a with a good sum of it going to unknown munitions. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast. We're doing it from a remote location in Cranberry Township, PA, right? Yep, that's it. I, I know there's a Cranberry Town, Craig was telling us. Anyhow, we're, anyways, we're with the guys from Peterson Cartridge Company. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, yeah, for, thanks having for having us. us. Oh, I don't want to mess this up, but we have Nick, Aaron, and Craig. Craig's going to be the silent partner on this trip because he doesn't have a microphone, but he'll be with us in spirit. So can we start going on the table and tell us your jobs? We'll start with Aaron. What do you do for Peterson's Cartridge Company? So I am the general manager. I do a lot of the planning, personnel, um, purchasing for raw materials, basic like oversight, uh, you know, overseeing where the business is going, business development, things like that. Um, just fun stuff. You know, all the all the stuff everyone dreams of doing when they're kids. How long have you been here? Uh just over two years. And how many positions have you held in that two years? Uh, I got hired on as a production planner or production scheduler and basically moved my way into general manager. Mm -hmm. So having the uh, oversight, like being able to see the the big picture of where we're going and everything like that has a lot to do with that. And uh, I think just being okay, decent working with people and things like that, it goes a long way. But um how did you find the job originally? Like a oh, like a job ad or knew yeah, somebody? Yeah, so uh, essentially, I it, it's a new company. It's a pretty young company. I was working in the steel industry as a production scheduler, and uh, one day I was just looking through. I don't know if it was like one of those job job application websites, and uh, like well, Indeed or something. Yeah, I think or? it was Indeed. Yeah, yeah, it was Indeed. And and as I was going through, I was just scrolling through on my lunch break, seeing what was out there, and it was like. All right, so I found this job. It's like four miles from my house. It had all the ticks, like, you know, been in, been a production scheduler for five plus years, been been in the, uh, and it says military gun enthusiasts and hunters welcome. So I clicked on it as fast as I could. So I start reading through it, and I th I'm thinking it's a joke. So I send it to my wife, and uh, like I took a screenshot, and I was like, is this real? Like, or is this just like some sort of clickbait? They, they got, like, they watched like all the cookies on my, uh, history <laughs> and it's like there's someone's messing with me trying to make me think that there's this there's this company like right down the street from my house that is just this badass company that makes brass for all these like military groups and for hunters and competition shooters and they're like starting to make ammunition like it's just one of those things that less than 10 days later i started working so nice and, uh, haven't looked back since so love nice. yeah nice hit it nick uh, Nick Padice. I am the manufacturing manager. I pretty much oversee any of the new caliber development, uh, any of the changeovers. So we currently have three lines, and so that happens once once or twice a week. So it's uh, it's pretty busy. Um, I've been here going on four years now. I've had I've had three roles, actually. I started on the line which you guys got the tour and uh, started there and developed kind of a, a knack for trying to be more hands-on with the process. And so I got uh, moved into special projects. And then after training with uh, Derek Peterson, I moved into manufacturing manager and actually doing filling the role that he was doing. You're hopping around out there pretty good when right? we saw you. Yeah, I, I 
tend you're to. The, you're the Mister Fix It. Uh, Mister Fix It. Yeah. When somebody has a problem with a machine somewhere and they can't fix it. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Mm. And we're we're twenty four seven, so that's all the time. Uh huh. Yeah. So he gets the the phone calls at two in the morning uh, on Saturdays, Sundays. Like he he's the guy. So busy <laughs> <laughs> can you guys one of you guys give us kind of the nutshell of the origin origin story from peterson that's actually i don't think there's a whole lot to the origin other than um i believe it it just started as a, a thought of Derek peterson thinking uh yeah, that, what what does the industry need? Like he wanted right. to get into the into the ammunition slash outdoor industry. Um, he had a his degree was in forestry, <laughs> right. so he was he was cutting trees down and and doing all that. And uh, I think at, at some point they he he got involved with uh, they had a fam- like one of their family businesses. They had a security firm, and then that he didn't like doing that, so he was trying to think like what could what can I do that could bring value. So he they got involved with. I think they went to SHOT Show and they walked around and they met with a bunch of people and said, you know, what what resources in the industry are lacking? And this was in like 2014 or 2015. And at the time, it was right before Trump came in and, and got elected and then the Trump dump happened. So they they got in right during like the end of Obama's, there was still a shortage. It was right at the end of Obama's second term. And uh, from what I understand, they, they got in, they got the set point line and... Um, Derek moved to Utah, learned how to use it, basically from scratch, figured out how to design tooling, what, you know. The set point was like a, a machine manufacturer out in Utah. Yeah, so they're yeah. like an engineering firm that, I mean, I think they make roller coasters. They make all kinds of they're stuff. They're into a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just, they're just they just an engineering firm that when there's a need somewhere, they're, they'd be willing to design something mm-hmm. to, to make. And uh, so they, they made these, these casing manufacturing lines. I think they made six of them total. Um, we now have three of them over time. Uh, a couple of the companies, the, they, they're not exactly the, the easiest pieces of equipment to run. No, they're not. Um, so a lot of it was kind of like they understood the idea of what it takes to make it versus the actual practice of what it takes to make it. So Derek basically lived at the shop for a couple years. He, he developed was, and fine-tuned the process to what it is today. There are some changes that were made that were detrimental to the success of those lines actually running at the volume that you see now. Mm-hmm. They were not like that prior. It was yeah. bad. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, now we're to the point now where our parts per minute is, is pretty healthy. We're making good parts. Our scrap rate's down. Uh, we're starting to get some tenureship in the employees. So mm-hmm. things are things are going really well. We're making, reaching out and we're getting more, more people that, you know, will be walking through like an airport with like a Peterson shirt on. And, and some dude will be like, well, you, you know, do you work for Peterson or what, what do you know about Peterson? And I'll, I, I get, it's kind of like really cool to, to look at someone and say like, yeah, I work for them. I've been there for two years. And, uh, you know, you don't get that when you, when you work in a steel mill, like, you, you know, you can walk around and be proud of where you work and things like that. So, mm-hmm. but what was, what was the first head stamp that came out? Do you guys know? I believe it was, it was 308. Yeah. 308? Yeah. Probably a pretty popular uh, oh, case. Yeah. That'd be, be a safe haven right. there to yeah. start with. Yeah. yeah. There's a, always needs a big market for 308. It was, uh, oddly enough, it was the first head stamp, I believe, on the original line, and it was the first head stamp on our last of the three lines that we took. 
possession really? of. So two of the three lines, 308 Winchester. Then I seen a whole bunch out there today. Right. So how many lines are you guys up to now? Three. Three, and then how many head stamps are you guys up to? So as far as our tool packs, we just hit our 50th. Yeah. We have 50 tool packs. Wow. Yeah, and that, mean, that means fifty cartridges, fifty yeah. different cartridges. Yeah. yeah, well, there's some of them because we, yeah, we can we can, like put them together like one like three hundred eight large rifle primer and small rifle primer. Those are two tool packs, but basically one caliber because oh, okay. that's how we we look at it. Uh-huh. We usually run them back to back. And which do you find? I mean, today, what's more popular now? Selling brass quantity of brass, small rifle versus large rifle across? Because I know you do six five Creed and small and large. I think 22 Creed also, right? Yeah. Yep. So basically all that, maybe the standard case heads come in small and large. And what today, we get that asked quite a bit, is why why would I go with a small rifle primer versus a large rifle primer? And I often tell guys like Lapua Brass, for example, started off with 6.5 Creed and small rifle primer only. And then later, years later, came out with large rifle primer. Must be some demand for that. There is. And I think we, we tend to stay in the, it's in the, like the competitive side. So like a lot of the competitive calibers will offer in both SRP and LRP because some shooters want to utilize the same components, right? You're set, you're tooled up for all SRP or you're tooled up for all LRP. So it'd be nice if you're dabbling in a trainer or a different gun to be able to use all the same primers and components. The other is some are supposedly and reportedly and technically and maybe um, <laughs> SD, SDs can tend to be a little bit more favorable in one or the other. Uh, I know it's 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 pretty well recommended if you're going to hunt in, in colder climates to go LRP. But bra- uh, primer pocket life on an SRP is is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, so on the, what you're saying is the competition guys may want to lean towards the small rifle primer. Right. Right. It just, it tends to be more popular. If, if the options there, they tend to do that route. You get a little bit more life because if you think about it, you have more brass surrounding that primer. Mm. And so when you increase the amount of brass around there, it's just generally going to be a little bit more strong. By volume, do you know which, let's just pick 308 or 6.5 Creed by volume. Do you know which you produce more of? Is it kind of a, is it a half and half or does it definitely lean one way? Um, for us right now, we have a lot of military so they all use large rifle. So I'd say it's mostly large rifle. Normally what we'll do is like if we're going to do like a half million pieces or 250 to a half million pieces of large rifle, then we'll go in and do 50 to 100,000 small rifle. All right. Half million pieces. Well, how many pieces can you guys do in a day? All three lines combined? Yeah. Well, like. 40, Almost 50. 45, yeah, 50,000 pieces. 50,000 per day. Yeah, it depends on what's running. The, the The real big stuff, they have a like less parts per basket. We do a like a basket system that goes through versus like some of the big guys, they'll have like the giant batch. So they'll have they'll have everything run through draw one and then they'll go through and, and do like the wash cycle and the cleaning and the and then they'll go to draw two all in, as a whole. Right. What we do is we send... It's all continuous. Yeah, we have one basket that's just continuous and it never stops so basically i mean how many baskets are in a line 40 40. so we have 40 baskets that are just continually running and uh it keeps them in what 600 and it depends on the caliber because of our our ratio for for the annealing process but yeah it could be anywhere between 600 or as few as you know a few hundred depending on our our shy tax and all that so those bigger ones are going to have you know significantly less parts per day because they're parts per minute things like that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I expected coming in. Um, 
the volume is crazy. The the quality of machinery is crazy. Your guys' quality control process in general. So I think it's just a good idea to just start with the manufacturing manager, right? <laughs> manufacturing manager? Yeah. Manufacturing manager, literally step number one, just make a piece of brass. You receive a cup, talk about a cup a little bit about what that is, and then literally walk it through and hit all those highlights that you think the end user would want to hear about your brass. And before you get going on that, Nick, the, that piggybacks onto this question that says, what sets, from Rockside, what sets Peterson apart from the other premium brass companies? And you don't have to dog on it. Mean, just what, what do you guys do do you think is, is worth it, basically? Well, I think we try to make sure that, uh, well, at least we try to our best to, to make sure everything's in stock as best we can so our volume's up. So that's why we've tried to ramp up and make sure that we're actually at capacity. Um, the other strength, I think, would be um, really it's just the amount of... I mean, the QC just, that we do. Is, yeah, just start Just start off at square one. Just start. Just walk them through the cut process. You, so as you're walking through the process in the your whole, mind, like the, <laughs> you're going to hit all those things that make you better. So the process itself is, is kind of proprietary. Uh, the amount of work being done to a casing is really important because if you overwork it, obviously you can cause you know micro fissures and tearing. And if you underwork it, you won't get the the hardness gradient that you're looking for. The or the the specific, we'll say the grain structure, you want to move the grain structure. So our draws are, are kind of unique in the amount of work that's being able to be done and are also our annealing. So we're going to take that brass cup in and we're going to do this amount of work to it to get it to where we know is a safe amount of, of we'll say, drawing. And then we're going to actually wash it, get all the all the, the lubrication off of it, and then we're going to anneal it for, we'll say, X amount of time because I can't really talk about the exact process. What kind of annealing is it, though? You said you could... So the 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 ovens are totally different, but our, mm. our actual gradient that we, oh, that okay. we shoot okay. for is, a, is induction. It's induction coil. But that'll be a little bit later on. But um, So you went through the process, so you, you've pulled it into, you take a cup, brass cup right through a variety of machines you pull it into it'll go what starts through, to resemble a, a rifle case it'll go through the draws and then once it's ready to get uh its actual head stamp on what it's gonna be produced into yeah so this is after our final draw and so this is a pretty pretty precise tube kind of looks like a lipstick tube right now uh, mm -hmm. uh but this is uh yeah, as far as the the sidewall thickness, the variance is, is pretty. It's pretty tight. We have an in-house tolerance, and uh, so this tube right now can be a few different calibers. But as soon as it's ready to get its head stamp, it goes into our our heading machine, and it gets a double hit, and that will produce the primer pocket and head stamp, and that will set the pace for the amount of reloads that you're going to get out of the primer pockets. Mm -hmm. After that, it goes into our, it's uh, basically a very small CNC lathe that'll get your extraction groove, head diameter, and rim thickness cut into it. And then it goes into the taper machine. And at that point, it'll see our first induction coil. And that coil is very specific to our gradient. Anything outside of our gradient and you risk cracking um, and too much, obviously, you'll, you'll overcook the brass. So it's something that we, we regulate pretty pretty thoroughly on a hourly basis i wouldn't say a daily basis 
Um, after this that, is similar to like a like an amp. So amp it's basically annealer. it's amp is actually one of the closest methods you can get to replicating ours. We've worked with them, and um, actually, uh, a little fact: uh, not many people know about it. Our ballistician, every lot of brass that comes out off the line, our ballistician will generate an actual amp code tied to that lot of brass. And so, if you don't have Aztec motor, you don't want to, you know, go through the process of cooking it and yeah, and whatnot. Losing a piece of brass. And losing a piece of brass, you can actually just look up your lot of brass tied to the side of your box. Type in that anneal code, and you're off to the races. And I actually just learned about this. So, <laughs> so you go to petersoncartridge.com. Yep. And we went to, what was the name of the, the menu header there? It was technical? Technical, and then it dropped down, and it said... Ballistician testing data. Ballistician test data. And this opens up a spreadsheet that literally lays out, like, every lot number of brass they make. It has your actual H2O case capacity. It had the Aztec code. Wait. It had... A ton of information there that you guys can literally, if, as long as you've kept your box, you got your lot number, yep. you can go back and reference. So you can, you don't have to burn diameter. a piece. Yeah. That's yeah. important for if you're trying to spec out a reamer, right? Yeah. Or, or, or even a bushing. Like we tell guys, right. we tell guys that, you know, loaded OD minus 3,000. That's exactly. what we run for a neck bushing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That'll give you a spring back plus so 2,000. All that, I can't tell you how many guys, how many times guys have reached out to ask me what a loaded OD is for a specific cartridge right. and bullet so that they didn't have to wait to get their brass and their bullets in order to order their bushing to kind of be ahead of the curve there. There's a, there's a lot of information. And I, even while working here, I have to admit, I, I didn't realize it was, it was on there. Mm-hmm. One day I asked him, I said, what are you doing? I, I'd probably been here for six months. And he said, I'm, I do this every lot. I mean, yeah. it has your brat, the sidewall thickness. It'll have, I mean, everything dry weight, O2 weight, you name it. Oh. So. Yeah, and it's like a Google Doc, so you can yes. hop on at any at any point, and you can actually and it's see live, basically. Yeah, yeah, you can see him typing stuff in. And it's really nice on non sami spec calibers that we do and yeah. casings because, uh, for instance, like like a twenty two Creed, twenty two yeah. Creed uh, in the competitive shooter world, to, uh, the Dasher. Whenever you're trying to, you know give your gunsmith a heads up on what the chamber you're set up in you it's important if you pick a particular brass to make sure what the loaded neck is because not many people want to sit there and turn necks you know what i mean i have had a lot of questions from guys lately about the six dasher uh, neck thickness compared to lapua and i believe there was a change somewhere in there but the information i was getting at some point at some point very recently the neck thickness changed and now we're telling guys that it's the same as lapua is that correct. correct? Correct. Okay, good. It's within a half thousands. Nice. So nice. And there's, is there a kind of a cutoff date that that happened? Because I think that's important. To guys. So this year, the any lot that would be uh, 2022, end in 2022. And I think that's the newest stuff we have at the shop right. too. We had a couple bags left of the older, so we pulled those off to the side. And those were were thinner in the necks. You know, anybody that's going to want to turn a neck or has a turn reamer, that would be even better for them because it gives you an extra few thousands in the in the neck. But yeah, the current the latest revision 2022. Okay. So we, uh, so you did the final annealing on the piece of brass. Did the, no, the first annealing, the first annealing. And then it goes into our machine. That's going to give you your flash hole and your final, final trim. And then when you've done all that work at, at taper, you need to make sure that you reset your, your, uh, gradient on the mouth and the shoulder that got the most reduction. So we have one final top off of annealing before it goes into our, anti-tarnish solution and then uh, off to uh its first it wouldn't be the first level of inspection but it's its first trip to the to the uh general inspection 
we did talk a bit about that anti-tarnish being somewhat of a lubricant. It and is, you guys have kind of a tighter than normal neck. Talk to us about the neck tension. So neck tension, we try to set to accommodate anything. Uh, if you have a gas gun, for instance, you don't really want one to 2,000. So competitive shooters, we shoot the one to 2,000. That's plenty. You're good to go with that. But if you... Um, if you're lacking in neck tension and you're, for instance, running a, an AR, an AR-10 shaved in 22 Creed or 6 Creed or anything like that, just the the mass of the bolt sending it home or or the round itself, the, the weight of the projectile, you can get bullet setback, and that's, that's not a good thing. So what we try to do is err on the side of a little bit more neck tension, and uh, you can see anything anywhere between three to six thousandths in the neck tension area. But with our anti-tarnish, it just it's buttery smooth going in. It glides right in, and then after you fire your case, you set neck tension as you see fit. But it's just one way that you know it's easier to run an expander mandrel through real quick to kiss it if you really if it bothers you to have anything other than one to two. But it's not so easy. I mean, you got to have a, a neck bushing or or anything. It's it's just a little bit easier to to air on the side of a little bit tighter. Yeah, so we pretty much run an expander mandrel through through all new brass before we load it. So an expander mandrel is one thou under bullet diameter, and generally we say with well annealed brass, you get about a half a thou spring back. Half thou to which, a thou, yeah. Uh, yeah, to a thou. So you're set, generally setting it from one and a half to two thousands. Right. For those guys that are running ARs or you know gas gun, and they want a little bit more neck tension, they can actually run a a neck turning mandrel is the name of it, but it's two thou. Right under bullet diameter, right. which will end you somewhere around 3,000. So if you don't want to spec out a custom expander mandrel from a company like 21st Century, you know, you can order just the neck-turning mandrel, which is 2,000 under. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so then you moved into the, the quality control process, which was, was one of my favorite parts of the tour. I didn't realize how bad boy flies, huh? in-depth it was. <laughs> just a, Really, just the fact for me was that, was that video cameras, computer eyes, in-person eyes, real hands. There were so many people touching each and every piece of brass to ensure that the end product is is perfect for the customer. So walk us through that process. So, uh, well, this is one that I wish Flinter was here for because he's actually a little bit more up to date with it. But the amount of cameras, I think we have seven or eight, which at any given time can take six to 800 pictures a piece. Like in a second. In a, yeah. in a fraction of a second yeah. because yeah, if you're running. It's continuous, yeah. yeah. Right. And so it'll check for anything anything from um, any debris in the flash hole because, you know, we have – it goes in a media tumbler. So occasionally you get some media stuck in there to any type of flaw that might happen in our process, a, a big enough dent or ding because it goes through a surface qualifier also. So and that being said, the media that we use is small enough because we, we make sure that it's small enough because it cleans the inside of the brass right. too. So some some brass manufacturers they they do it so that it doesn't Just actually outside. go inside. Right. So yeah. yeah, we we tumble it for for how yeah. long? Uh, for it goes in for an hour and a half. An hour and yeah. a half through this tumbler, and yeah. it, then it goes down it. that shaker system. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful sight? Yeah, it cool? is very cool. It's like yeah. the the best view in the house, right? <laughs> it is cool. But uh, yeah, that that machine is um, it's pretty impressive, and you in it's kind of you can't. Without seeing it, it's it's hard to you know even really describe it, but it will check for any flaw that we can possibly think of, and it also is is measuring at the same time. So it's not just checking for visuals. Yeah, it's it's surface also surface and dimensional. Surface and dimensional linked together, and it can check anything from an out of spec rim 
to a head, to a, a flash hole that's not, you know, appropriately pierced, um, a mouth that's, that has too big of a ding in it, you know, the diameter of that, a primer pocket, all of it. Reed's head stamps. Reed's head so, stamps. Like so for some of the like specific military stuff, they like to have the year on it. So we make sure that we it, it'll basically recognize certain symbols. Like we'll we'll have it recognize a symbol, and it'll be able to catch like a P and keystone or like a number because there's no there's no number on on some of them. But like you know, it's pretty neat. So that that's a newer thing as we taught it how to read head stamps. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we run six Creed more and six five almost back to back. So. I mean, dimensionally, they're they're very similar, so it can actually pick up the head stamp of six and six five, all within I think a, a quarter of a second. So it, yep. it's yeah, it's pretty. And it'll impressive. just reject it, and then the hand inspector will will be able to figure out that it's not the right head stamp. It was also uh, it was also rolling it right while yeah. it's taking the pictures. Yep. Yep. When it when it goes up the ramp to where it's either accepted or not accepted, how long is that? Twenty seconds, maybe. Oh no, uh, that machine. From the time it comes down the chute out of the hopper to the time that it goes into the bucket as it accepted, it is a second or a one to two seconds. And the reason I say that is because we can run at above 60 parts a minute. So yeah. for you to maintain that, you have to maintain at least yeah. a second. Wow. That reminded me when I went in the military and they, uh, they give you an expect, they expect you nose to tail. Yeah. Right. There's nothing on that brass that's getting by it, mm-hmm. and then you have the 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 young lovely young lady inspecting it, mm-hmm. yep. and she I grabbed some of like your brass that she'd kicked out, and I looked at it for like I don't know thirty seconds, and I could not. She, then she shows me, and I was like, man, I see that on factory brass all yeah. the time. Yeah. Might be a little lube that that you might have yep. to look in the certain light to see the reflection. Those women have a knack for catching that. Their eyes are amazing. Yeah, they really yeah, are. Yeah, their uh, their skills are are pretty insane. They can they'll just grab like five or seven of them and just roll it, and they'll just start picking them and throwing them into the different categories. And it's like I've, just I've always well-trained. said it before: uh, yeah. we can make as badass of a case as you want to make out in the production line. If we didn't have the inspection process and the quality, we live and die by our quality. Yep. I also saw another young lady grabbing brass off the. Off, off, the actual, off the line itself. Off the line and going and checking and telling right. you what you're doing wrong. So we yeah. actually have not only the operator's job to check every basket, 8, 10, 12, 20 parts per basket. We also have their full-time job of our level 2 inspector is to be a roving inspector. So while the whole process is going on, they're checking for any deviations of the process actively before it even gets to the back room and inspection. So... There are so many levels of inspection before inspection. So that's that's if very nice. If she sees a big discrepancy, you just shut the line down? Oh, she'll yeah. bring it right to the operator, and they'll they'll stop it right the second, and they usually come and grab me and say, hey, Nick, there's... And it's, come fix it. Yeah, yeah. Fix come it. fix it. Yeah, because like <laughs> if, if one piece of tooling starts to wear, because when oh, you're yeah. doing these long runs, you know, tooling is going to wear. Carbide's it's, tough, but it, you take your finger across stone... Enough times, you'll wear it out with your finger. So, yeah. Or like a dull cutter or something like yep. that. Then we can go back and get the, like, if she catches it quick enough, which they do, yep. they've, they've saved a, a lot of problems. It's a that's a very powerful position that we have. Is, is there a particular cartridge that's just a pain in the ass to run? <laughs> 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 that sounds like a yes. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything that has... Uh, has a, a double radius shoulder? Yeah, double radius shoulder. All right, non-double radius. Yeah. Is there any? Um, 
Anything that has a lot yeah. of... Uh, you have a lot of reduction, reduction. a wide body, so a magnum, magnum caliber with a lot of reduction. It's just inherently hard to run in our taper processor in general. Um, we, we're, we're able to do it. It's just we're, you know, it, it's, it's all about how many you can actually produce to make it really effective and realistic because running at a snail's pace is not really living, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, when you have that big of a reduction going through taper, our scrap rate goes up, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of a runnability so, a dog. Yeah, so anything that has that big reduction, um, it kind of falls by the wayside. That those types of things we tend to only run once a year because we we set up for it, and people are watching it, and they're watching for pr particular problems. That's another thing the level twos do is they they do a great job. They annotate anytime, like mm -hmm. if we're running a specific caliber, they'll. Every time we run it, they take notes on it of like where things started to fail and how how far into the run they started to fail, so they can be next time we run it, they'll be proactive and like, all right, well that draw stem needs to be changed this many thousand hundred thousand parts through, so that mm. we don't start to see problems. So our 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 pretty much our model and our motto that we live by is small incremental improvements. We're always going to strive to do better better the next time, even if we're we're pretty much happy with the product. It's not like we're reinventing it. But we're just striving to do a little bit better next time. The level two is a lady that's walking around pulling it off the line. Yep. Okay. Right. Each yep. shift has one. Yeah, of there's one per shift. Gotcha. And so we have we got through all we went through a stringent QC process. Is there what's next? Then just packaging and yeah, shipping. It, so, so at that at that point, well, I guess we can rewind even before it goes to inspection during the whole process. So every single run, every time we go on press for a caliber our ballistician who would generate that amp code and all that data that everyone loves to, to look up that not many people know about. Um, he will fire the casing and we will not sell a casing that will not survive 20 reloads or more. That's our cutoff. It has to live at 20 CME. at Sammy max pressure. Yeah. So, or equivalent. Um, we, I don't know. I can't think of any. So our belted magnums, right? They're they're inherently known for case head separation uh, because of the fact that the 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 brass stretches thirteen fifteen thousandths the initial rep, right? That's the drawback of uh, of uh, head spacing off of a belt. Derek Peterson decided, well, hey, why don't we try to alleviate that? Even though our standard belted magnums will survive twenty firings. As long as you don't push it back eight to ten thousandths, you know, back to Sammy Men every time. Um, he said, ah, why don't we create a casing that it's just had spaces like a Creedmoor or a rum or anything, a nozzler? Why don't we why don't we do that to a three hundred win mag or a seven rem mag? And that's how the longs came to be. So yeah, it's uh our and those will function in a stand like a three hundred win long. That's no different. As a standard three hundred win mag. It's yeah, just we get, a, we get a lot of guys that are scared of the word long on the case head. So, so it's dimensionally, like overall length, same. It'll fit in the chamber, same. It's just only a few thousands shy of the shoulder area in your chamber versus thirteen thousands. Hmm. Yeah. So, so guys, we're talking about so we're talking about the shoulder area now. So right. a, a belted magnum head spaces off the belt, which means the shoulder can almost be in any dimension. It's pretty that much it wants freeboard. Yeah. And most 300 wind mag brass has an extremely short shoulder so that when you first fire it, it, it blows, blows out, out 15 thousandths right. till it hits the shoulder. Yep. 
the long brass in a new form is only allowing the brass to move a few thou instead of 15 thou. So don't be scared of the long. It'll (laughs) fit in any rifle. It's actually just better for your brass life in general. It's geared towards the reloader is basically the 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 guy that's only going to shoot it two or three times i i it's almost a wash well, it's but also better for load development too so most absolutely. of the time if you do load development with new brass you're going to want to do it with the long so you guys have three and a wind mag long and seven rem mag long right. now yep. but if yeah if you're going to do load development on brand new brass and you want that same similar load to carry over into the fired brass it's better to start off with the long because you don't have that much movement it is and then turn volume is a lot a lot closer to what a fire casing would be versus mm-hmm. If it was thirteen thousand shy of that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's little stuff like that. But our yeah, our ballistician. If every time we go on press, if if it doesn't fire, it lasts twenty firings. We don't sell it. So that would be the process before it even makes it to inspection. After inspection, um, the other half of uh, in that room that you saw is our shipping and packaging department, and they get packaged in those neat little clear plastic 50 count boxes or bulk which is it's another chance for hand inspection so those all get hand placed it's not they're not machine packed yeah it was one guy over there putting them in yeah and when he's sitting there doing that he's checking he's checking the casings he's doing another hand inspection rotate those guys a little bit yeah i might get no there's two of them that do it nice they're just robots they're it's ai (laughs) state of the art (laughs) nice does that end the whole process um yeah. I would say for the most part, it's it's just so much just got summarized, you know, into that. But because start to finish, that, that casing might take 18 hours to travel its life through the line and then sit on a drum for, we'll say, a few days. And then it doesn't, doesn't take very long to go through QC. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of hands on one particular case. But that, that summarizes the, uh, the QC process. Um, you guys do make some of the prettiest brass. I will say the final finish on the brass, and you guys mentioned something earlier, is you want it to look like jewelry. Yep. And to me, it, it is the shiniest, prettiest brass out there. I want it to look as good as it shoots, you know? Yes. <laughs> trying anyway. Yes. Nice. All right. A couple of questions from Rockslide. Um, the annealing process, how often and how should they anneal? So that is, this is, I would say it's more caliber dependent but i will say on a on a competitive shooter standpoint we'll, we'll say dasher or creedmoor or any of that i've seen as much as i personally do it every single time mm-hmm. i use an amp annealer and i anneal every single time we but recommend the same thing i yeah, right that's i mean it's it's easier to do that because you can control it to that you can reset the zero every time well it's really the only way to stay consistent right because if, if you anneal every third every fourth every fifth every right. tenth fire and whatever you think your schedule is well during the time from the time you fire it till the time you it's anneal it the fifth and, time it is getting work hardened yep, and that's changing your neck tension changing the brass ductility and get more spring way, back in your yep. and bumping the shoulder yep. yep no i agree um so it's totally dependent on i guess your so the reason I say that is some guys are, I'm sure, out there dipping it in hot lead, and some guys are doing it with a torch and a drill. So it's dependent on your your spending ten thousand dollars to make a salt bath, right? Seriously, a dealer just, system, <laughs> instead of just buying the amp, right? And, you just, know. I mean, buy once, cry once. The amps are really they are tried and true, uh, and it's an expensive unit, but they're very consistent. I've done some testing on my own from my own personal calibers, and I'll tell you what they are almost spot on if not a wash between what we would uh consider our gradient to be set at to to what they produce 
And they're good guys too. The they're guys very good. Oh, yeah. They're super great helpful. Customer great service. customer service. Yeah, happy to work with you. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, we had a couple machines we upgraded with the with the the Aztec system. All that we've okay. talked to them back in Europe and emailed, and yeah, fantastic level of customer service. You got to get the amp mate to get the feeder yeah. to get it yeah. set up to where it just auto feeds. We tried that because we so we do we do reload projects for customers, and and I tried to get the. <laughs> The mate initially, but when you're if you're going to set it up for one cartridge and that's what it's going to run all the time, you're it's, good. It's great because you do the initial setup and, and setting up machines like you do. I'm sure it's easy for oh, you. Oh yeah. But from a you know a non-machine type guy, it's setting it up the first time. If you're going to run Creed it's more or whatever, it's great. But if we have to go from three and a rum to Creed back to it's seven, a pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, I agree. How much uh, shoulder bump do you recommend? One thousand. One to two thousands. You'll you'll. I mean, it's hard to kill a case one to two thousandths. You start pushing it back way, way too much. There's not a whole, there, there are not many cases out there that will ever survive. Like I said, the belted magnums are kind of like a testament to that. You start pushing it back eight, ten thousandths every time. We've seen, we've had customers send it back to us pushing a shy tech back a quarter inch. Quarter inch. Mm-hmm. How many fires? <laughs> I, I don't know. That, I don't know that he got more than a couple, but. It's yeah, it's uh, one to two thousandths is is safe, and you know if you wanted to give it an extra thou, if you were you know worried about having a heavy bolt or or whatever your concerns may be, great. But I I wouldn't push it too far unless you're not you know looking to get twenty, thirty, forty firings out of it. Really, the idea is that you want the you want the brass to change the least amount least possible amount. dimensionally from the time you fire it to the time you size it. So getting that At point across mind. to to loaders and to customers of ours. We just had a guy walk in who had a case head separation on a standard 338 Lapua, and he's like, what's going on here? You know, I got 10 firings out of it, and the case heads look fantastic. There was really no pressure, but when we start to get into it, it's really a, it's a die chamber mismatch. Mm-hmm. It means that your chamber's oversized, your die is squeezing it down too far down there at the case head area. And I was telling him, you know, that's a test you can do is either take a, take a size piece of brass or a new piece of brass, and then when you fire it and measure that case head expansion just above the web area there, and you really shouldn't have more than a thou of movement at the most in that area where it's the thickest part of the brass. And that's right. exactly where you get the separation. And he's like, well, can I, you know, is the rest of my brass trash too? And, you know, you tell him you can bend a paper clip or a piece of wire or whatever. And you can kind of feel in there and see if you feel anything. But yeah. in, in the end, if you've already fired all that brass 10 times, you had one case head separation. That's all shit trash. Yeah, damage is done. You need to start over and you need to realize that. So you can take fired brass, even if you have an oversized chamber, you can take that brass and send it in to have custom dies made. That will improve the dimensional change when you go to size the brass. You know, if that's a, if it's a if it's a rifle that's brand new, or you want to keep whatever the situation might be. If you want to solve the problem, custom dies really with an oversized chamber would be the only way to kind of right and get out ahead of it before it becomes a problem. But it all comes down to just as you're thinking about it as a loader, as a shooter, you just want the brass to move the smallest amount possible in every dimension. That's the best thing right. to maintain brass life. It's the only way to be consistent. Agreed. Do you guys have a primer you recommend for low ES? Ooh. So we a lot of our testing is with federal and CCI. So we don't have – I don't know if the question was, is it bench rest? Is it standard? Um, so I've been told and, you know, probably going to get crucified for this, but I've, <laughs> I've heard through the grapevine that as far as like a 205M to a 205 – I've heard that uh, the person running that line just has to have, let's say, five amount, five years of amount of service on that line. Like they have to be tenured, like five years or ten. The actual process itself is no different. So, as far as 
your decision making, you just, it, it, you know, I feel half this game is a mind game, right? You know, whatever makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Because you could talk yourself into a bad shot, yeah, but as far own, as your own confidence, oh yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point of a, you know half of our reloading style and methods are you know some of it snake oil, some of you know three quarters of it's probably legit, but uh, <laughs> that's just how I feel anyway. But uh, no, as far as a primer, we've we've had good results with everything from like military, you know Remington's, um, all the way up to you know two hundred five, two ten, two fifteen M's, to uh, just regular run of the mill CCI four hundreds. 450s i there's really no whenever we're doing uh, a type of load development we more or less are trying to stress the case so as far as sds and ESs go um even though in our own personal time whether we're looking for that you know accurate hunting around or going to two-day prs match that's that's on us to figure out what works i can tell you i personally use 205 m's but as far as a testing standpoint, we're more or less looking for loaded up to max pressure, send it 20 times. How does that brass look? If it's, it, you know, the, the accuracy will come. We, our process allows us to maintain good standard deviations with our internal volume. So the SDs for the primers would be just, you'd have to custom tailor each load to that. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're not really, that's not really a question geared towards the brass manufacturer. I mean, one, one of the things that would be, is case capacity. Right. Case capacity consistency would, from your perspective, from manufacturing the brass, would probably have the largest impact on ESSD as, as, right. as the end product. Yeah. Along with the annealing, believe it or not. So, yeah. you know, to your point earlier. Neck tension. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, from the loader's perspective, or really what the question is, but the, the largest effect on ESSD that you'll have is, is that, you're, that you can control is your powder measure. Right. So if you're using a charge master something inferior to an auto trickler with an FX 120F. You can't have kernel accurate powder throws every single time. That that's your largest influenceable way. Big fan to of FX 120s. Oh yeah, for sure. So so Unknown Munitions is the is the US authorized distributor of Auto Trickler and I didn't FX know that. Yes. Congrats. That's yeah, yeah. So we've been yeah. we've been we move uh we get about I think about twenty five of those a month and they generally tend to be sold out before they get Very to the shop. Cool. But we are yeah we're the US distributor and uh we have 15 of them in the shop that run three per station, loading ammo and whatnot. And, I got uh, two V3s and a V4. I well, tell there you, you what, go. they're solid. Well, the only way, that's what I think, that unless you have a really good balance beam and you want to sit there and play around Prometheus with a balance beam or, or yeah. Prometheus, you know, an auto trickler is the probably the number one investment a loader can make in his in his tool they're shop. Fast. You know, yeah. time is money. You know, not to get that off topic because we're talking about it's a, a different. But no, yeah, yeah. so. it's long format. Like yeah. I said, we'll try to do forty-five minutes, but it's probably two fucking hours. Right, right. Yeah. But it, uh, to get to that to that point, time is money. So you know, I, I came from a, a charge master, right? You know, three hundred dollars at a time, and I'm. It's like uh, I'm not spending a thousand dollars on FX120, and then you get into the game serious enough, and you start to split hairs, and you're like, okay, and that starts to get in your mind. Well, I wonder if that that was a powder measure issue. I wonder this and that. But then the other side is, if you're shooting two, two three hundred rounds in a couple days, and you're spending a lot of time, match, you know, brass prep and reloading, time is money. That auto trickle will throw it in eight seconds mm. to the colonel. They have super tricklers out now, but like they're pretty much a wash. But yeah. Six to eight seconds to the kernel, plus or minus a kernel with a Varget 4350. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I guess I brought it up really because this guy's talking about 
you know, which primer is going to give me a better extreme spread. And really, so, there's so much, there's so many other parts to the loading process other than changing a primer out. You know, right. if you're using CCI or Federal, if you're using a mainstream quality primer, right. that's really the last of your concerns. Yeah, like if, stick if with a main. If you knew every other variable was perfect. Yes. Right. If, if powder charge and neck tension, are, it's really powder <laughs> charge and then neck tension. If those two things are perfect, then you don't have to worry about primer. You could, yeah. yeah, you can tailor to whatever brand. Now, if he was asking SRP versus LRP, that might be the the so a lot of times when people when we were talking about earlier the, with our small rifle, the small rifle primer tends to be like most people focus on well and you know less than freezing temp or I should say above freezing temperatures if you're not in the cold and you're shooting you know high volume small rifle tends to have a little bit better ESs and SDs but realistically if you know if if it's a difference between one or two it's it's personal preference at that point i feel like if you're set up for it that's what you should roll with and the, and the hunter right now is asking himself well why is he saying why is he saying above freezing for small and below <laughs> freezing you should be using it's because you basically get a hotter burn right right so if a piece of ammo is zero degrees in your hand you would prefer the larger explosion than the smaller explosion right. to get things moving that's, right. that's really all it is generic question but it says how do you determine what what you will produce and carry Okay, he's talking about cartridges. Cartridges. Yeah, they're a very good question, yeah. Aaron. Why don't you take that one? <laughs> so basically, we, we try to look at the market, and we, we determine if something's loud or if it's deep, like if, if, the, if the market has a, a need for something. So um, that usually takes time. We don't tend to move very fast on that because the, the actual caliber development process takes a while. We have to sometimes develop a cup, develop tooling. So it costs a lot of money to do so. It's a big initial investment. So it's a yeah, it's a giant it's a it's a huge financial investment just to make off of a hunch or because some guy on Facebook said like, hey, you should make XYZ. <laughs> like just because some guy some guy has, you know, he wants a specific gun, it, it's we have to make good business decisions. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna go on press and make hundreds of thousands of these things a year. Like are we gonna be able to if we can't do that, then it's we're, we're taking product away from somebody else out there who's waiting on product that's maybe something we already make or it might be something, you know, as we, you know, we progress, we've, I mean, if you look at all the other companies that we're competing with, I mean, we make 50 calibers. The company's only a couple years old and we make 50 calibers. It's not easy to, to develop no. that many calibers in that many years. Derek, I don't, I mean, he's insane that, that he's had the, the mental fortitude to go through all that and, you know, split it all up and go through the whole process. And, and our process has gotten better. He's streamlined that in some ways, but like, um, overall, you know, as we learn more and we talk to customers and people that say, you know, Hey, you know, you need to make this because I'm, I'm seeing this many, Seven yeah, this, I'm oh. seeing this many custom guns go out <laughs> and that one is, that one's coming up. We've been talking about it and, uh, it's, maybe next year. Yeah. Something maybe. like that. And, you know, what if what if what do they call that when you sit out in front of the grocery store and you collect signatures? Petition. So what if oh, we what if we do petition, hold on? Son. What if listen from the customer right? If you don't if you wanted to hear what the real voice was, what if you did an online petition? Like you're gonna run you're you're trying to decide whether or not you're gonna do a cartridge right, and you can say hey through all of your networking hey we're running this petition guys if you if you want to see no this mail brass, in ballots no, no mail, mail in ballots no. No, no, no. No, you gotta you gotta go on you gotta put your name you know hunting competition your age whatever and yeah. how many pieces you're looking for little form little short form, but then you get twenty five thousand guys that say they want seven songs. 
So maybe that might be. If so they maybe take there's their time. So maybe there's a thing here that you're talking like maybe we could have a poll. Yeah. We can do social media polls and we can do stuff like that. What do you think about that, Craig? Never know. Yeah, Craig runs Just our social media stuff. We, yeah, if we do a poll and say, hey, how many people would like to see this? I mean, that's that's useful information. Every time we go to SHOT Show. It can be a simple push, because yeah. people will push buttons, right? Yeah. You got to make them go in, like, like on the site, like, direct them through social media to get there. But yeah. name, Hunter, whatever. And just so everyone knows this, I mean, I know you can't hear me, but, like, we get a lot of call-ins and a lot of emails, people requesting different things. Don't think that falls on deaf ears. I actually have a tracker. Every time I get a phone call or I get an email for a particular caliber, I mark it down on my tracker. Are you sure you want me to tell everybody to email you right now? <laughs> I was we'll uh, call out. You opened a <laughs> can of worms. No. 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 <laughs> no don't no. do that. So, so now, yeah, we'll so do it. now do what, it. what he's yeah. going to do There's is... There's only a couple of us here if we get he's gonna set up. That. He's going to set up an online... Do or guys can yeah. go in and yeah, we could set up a poll. Like and, hey, Peterson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't be emailing. He's gonna he's gonna figure something out so he doesn't have to answer him. No, nice. I like the idea of the uh, doing a poll though. That way, it gets, gets if if people if ten thousand dudes take the time to fill that out, yeah, maybe that's a rather no, that's, than just that one shows email, that it's two it's calls. deep because right now it's commitment yeah, instead like, of a push button like you said it's a, a serious buyer like yeah. i would buy and not just oh i'd like to see that yeah, yeah. i get, we get it. that a lot there's like you know you have that one guy that like will post something on facebook about hunting and there'll be like that one guy that's like why don't you make this competition round it's like yes it's like sorry he writes it down it's like all right there's one more for that caliber but mm. other than that like we don't know how that's just allowed. Like that's one guy standing on a, on a pedestal saying, make this for me. And keep this in mind. Even if you did decide today to create said round, you're looking at a year, year and a half out just to even see. Yeah. So like, that's what people might not notice is, you know, we're hearing you. It's just, it, you know, it takes that, time. <laughs> that was, that decision was made two years prior yeah. to even releasing yeah, it. There's, there's things that we're getting ready to release now that, you know, like we've been seven, working on yeah, for a seven long time. PRC. We fast tracked that. That was like, all right, so we have a cup that should work. We we're running it right now, right? And it's it, we're we're fu- we're finding out all the bad and the good and the bad about that cup. Do we need a little bit more metal here, a little less there? And uh, you know, that's what that's how it happens. You have to put it on press and see what. See we're what looking changes. at we're gonna get third quarter, right? Third quarter for yeah. for the big production run. Yeah. This, so we, this run we're here for now is just an alpha run. Yeah, we just ran like, just what, proof like of forty thousand parts. Right. Thirty to forty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's all coming to unknown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of parts. So the the but the big run, he he already knows what changes we need to make. We we already have that annotated. We're gonna get the, the tooling ordered. The email has been sent. Yeah, the email's been sent. I think tooling's what, three months out. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Stuff. That's that's another part of it. Just getting tooling takes as a three-month lead right there that's out of our hands. And we're we've and been talking to different, different – Our vendors in our, in our backyard. Yeah, they're right down the street. So it's so. like – I don't – there's really no way to, to fast-track it any more than we are other than if – so and then that to, to add to that, then, you know, his schedule – it's already set in place. That's a year or two out. Everything that gets you know filled in is now either pushing someone. So he does his best to try not to yeah. have that be a thing. Yeah, because I, I hate I hate moving anybody. So it's more or less like we then and that's been one of the problems with our like end consumers in, in a way is you know we we get something new and we're trying to make it and we end up having like I'm forced to make a decision between like 
end consumers or military. And it's like, you can't, you don't short the military. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't short, you know, they, they need brass. So, so you're doing seven PRC now. And then I, I believe you guys got a couple more cartridges coming out this yeah. year. Yeah. The WSMs are going to be coming out this year. 270 uh, and 300. Yep. Yes, when's sir. the, when's the 300 going to run? Uh, August time frame is what we're looking at August now. Time but frame. we're but that's with the we got a new cup that it'll be an alpha run. It'll be an alpha run. So also alpha in August, maybe first production in probably early twenty twenty four. Okay. For the full run. So okay. alpha runs are usually between thirty and fifty thousand parts. So depends on how things run or the real demand. Like honestly, if seven PRC if it ran super well, I probably would have let it eat and just give the people what they want, you mm-hmm. know, like let them, you know, no reason to turn it off just to turn it off yeah. if it's running well. But one of the questions is how can I locate, locate your, your line, brass line schedule? Oh, uh, that's a tough one because there's a lot of military stuff and NDA stuff. I don't publish it. And cause then everyone will get mad. Because, we're going to start working close though. And we're oh, yeah, going to help. Exactly. Unknown's going to help to push what may be coming available. We don't yeah. have to show everything, but we no, can yeah, give some but, dates and some cartridges. Yeah, we have ideas. Like I know when certain things are going to run, so we can we can work with that. Um, but uh, I can't like put our whole schedule out. It's mm-hmm. one of those deals. But certain things that like if we have product that's, that's already in the schedule and it's like delineated to go to the end consumer that's going to be that guy sitting in the loading bench, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting ready to go to a competition or getting re- or planning a hunt, something like that, like that we can do that. And, uh, cause we want, we want them to use our product. We want, you know, we want them to, you know, it'd be awful if we put something out to market a month after somebody else did, and then they went out and bought everybody else's stuff and yeah. we're a little bit late. We don't and you guys it. just ran a 300 rum. So we got a bunch of that yeah. in stock, right? Yeah, and you guys got, rum, you guys got quite a bit rum. of it on hand. So the rums yep. are available now, if that's something you're looking for. And that's yeah. new for you guys too. So yeah, that's a brand new one. For those of you that don't know on the, the podcast here that, that Ruag is the Ruag Ammo Tech is Norma. And Norma is probably the most mainstream source of, of 300 rum brass for the longest time. But they're pretty much out of the game at this point. So if you guys are holding on or waiting out for a Norma brass and a rum, don't wait. Get the Peterson while it's available. Before it's all gone yeah and, and we uh, and we're setting up uh you know a lot of ways for people to get it i'm looking to i think I, we were we were saying that i'm looking to tr- kind of trans transition our concentration of customers you know we want to focus on that end consumer we want to focus on the guy who's reloading at home um we're we're finally at a point where the business was so young we set ourselves up with these big massive customers and they've kind of taken over and we're kind of we're trying to push back a little bit and we're mm. trying to to help the end consumer which out. is what and, we like to hear yeah <laughs> we want to build our brand we want to you know we want to give the product to some of these guys people. may not even know they're probably already shooting peterson brass but it had somebody else's stamp on it yeah, right for know. the longest time yeah you never know yeah, but you've you probably already know. used it yeah if it I, was that good stuff that you thought wow this doesn't seem like this company it was probably peterson i i know a, a name in my head yeah. <laughs> um on that note, where can you f- – obviously, you can find the brass at Unknown Munitions, but where yeah. else can you find it? Uh, you can find it at Graff & Sons. Mm-hmm. We're also uh, – we just started working with Brownells. We're starting to work with Mid-South Shooters Supply. Um, Creedmoor Sports is going to be carrying some of our, like, precision rifle series stuff. and uh, Shields? Yeah, Shields. We're looking at getting to a Shields. So we talked to them at SHOT, and they're excited to, to talk to us. So nice. nothing's really set in stone with them yet, uh. but – yeah, that's gonna be Euro yeah, optic. Euro optic. That's yeah. another one. 
And you guys are going to be coming out with an ammunition line soon? Is that something you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got uh, a couple automated loaders coming coming to us from overseas. Derek's. That's why Derek's not here. He's actually over over in Europe uh, doing the runoff, and he was going to E1 and stuff like that. But uh, those will be here probably in six weeks, something like that. We're looking to make around a half million parts in our first year. Um, doing like like a true loaded ammo line, it, it costs a lot of money to just start up out of nowhere. So having all the powders on hand, primers on hand, projectiles on hand. So we're starting kind of small at half a million parts. Um, you know, for big com- commercial, it's you know that's not next to nothing compared to your the big guys. And these yeah. are uh, these are cartridges I noticed that are geared towards hunting rather oh, than yeah. the other guys. Yeah, yeah. So the the big thing is is. Um, yeah, nine hunting and three tactical. So okay. we're we're gonna do, do a couple options in a thirty cal, seven millimeter, and uh, a six five option for six five PRC. So um, essentially, what we're looking to do is provide a, a high quality casing and a high quality bullet to Western hunters. So you could potentially just buy a box of loaded ammo and then save your casings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get that first firing out of the way. And then if you are a reloader, that's a great way to get them. You can get your first firing out. Um, we're essentially going for the premium market. So, uh, you know, that's, nice. that's about it. Yeah. Nine calibers. The three tactical are going to be the, uh, 300 Norma, 338 Lapua and, uh, the 375 shy tech. So, um, yeah, goal of ours is for them to always be in stock. So essentially what we're doing is running is we're going to run them in individual groups. Um, and then as we're doing it, we're going to release them in small batches. That way it's not going to, you know, one of the things you see right now is you go online and it goes out and then usually it fills the back orders first and they're gone before they even hit the, hit the website. So a lot of times we, we look at that and now we're, we're saying let's, let's divvy them up, send them out in, you know, seven or eight. Uh, shipments to people that way they're you know every month you'll get a, a an amount a small amount of 300 wind mags so that next guy can who's who's coming a month later will have a chance to get some ammo and stuff like that it's it's more of a project for us where we're trying to develop kind of a, a seat in the industry that we can have a premium premium line of ammunition and what kind of bullets are you looking at putting in this ammunition uh we have a couple options in mind we were talking to uh swift we originally were talking to Nosler. Um, we'll, we'll see. We're, we're, we're hoping to do a bonded bullet. We have a couple things lined up. and uh, you know. Bonded and maybe a, a mono. Yeah, for some solids. Yeah, turn solid. Yeah, we'll yeah. have a, a small amount of turn solids, and then um, and then the bonded will be the main the main option. All right. So I got a quick game of Are You Gonna Run? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Some of it's already been <laughs> talked about. Are You Gonna Run 300 WSM? Yes. Do you know what time so frame? Probably, he said real production is first thing next year. Are you yeah. going to run 6-8 Western? That one's been brought up, but not any time in the next Not before 7 Song. No. No, it wouldn't be. Obviously, wouldn't be the 7 PRC has been asked. You're going to have it, think, yep. third quarter-ish. Third yep. quarter. Yeah, we'll have a small amount coming out uh, with, a, with a good sum of it going to unknown munitions. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like the plug. <laughs> Are you going to run six millimeter Remington? No. Mm. See, no, nothing that, right now. Everybody needs to buy the six UM anyways. These are the onesies. These are the guys that These are messaging in that are just looking for one sliver of hope. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Yeah, it's hard to blame them. They had to ask multiple times, more than one person. So these have been asked, are you ever going to run 338 Federal? That's not on our radar. 
No, it's not on mine either. But, <laughs> yeah. If we don't have guys asking for loaded ammo, you guys probably shouldn't be making brass right. for it. Are you going to run 284? 284 win. Win, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. We're going to run that. That's that, already a cartridge. They're just yeah, yeah. yeah, that one is. We just haven't been able to run it in a little bit. But We uh, plan on running a good amount of it, too. Yeah, that's going to be running in the next couple months. Talk. And uh, that is exclusive through Graph, though. Yeah. We, uh, okay. we have yep. two calibers exclusive through Graph. And 300 win mag is, is just about to hit the line. Yep. Right, so we yeah, can expect that to be in stock very tomorrow-ish. soon. Tomorrow-ish. Nice. Start tomorrow, yeah. And there's not a lot of 300 wind mag in the network out there, guys. So if, don't be don't be waiting until hunting season again. We hate those phone calls on October 1st saying I can't find my brass, I can't find my ammo. <laughs> We're gonna start off a little bit of long too. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So get ready. Don't be you're... scared of the long. Don't be scared of the long. Long is better. <laughs> Go long. <laughs> Go. <laughs> are you, we talked about this one. Are you gonna run seven some? Uh, potentially we've, we've put a lot of thought into it. The WSMs get you really close to yeah. the psalm. Yeah. That, that's do. all, that's yeah, all we could say. Potentially share a cup, yeah. just a couple tooling changes. So it Are makes you, it more and, realistic. And those seven psalm guys normally ain't bringing that in anymore. So pay attention. That was probably the most we've had a question asked was the psalm. Seven seven psalm. And then yeah. there's a few six. Are you guys going to make a six arc? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Any time frame? But you're well, testing it right now, right? Yeah, testing it right now. We do need to order a cup, uh, but it is currently in development. Uh, with we're, we're real close. Yeah. It's just a matter of tooling timing and things like that. But you're working on towards the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll de- we should definitely have it before the should end Should be of the ran year. before end of yeah. the year, guys. Six arc brass. And we're excited about that. Little okay. guys, you know. Sometimes the little guys are... I thought we were going long. No, we're right. going little. Well, that's, we got to cover both. <laughs> you know, they didn't... Uh, I think Hornady barely put out any... Any bolt, it wasn't even bulk brass, it was in the little 50 counts or 100 counts, and I haven't seen nothing since then. They're really pushing loaded ammo, like yeah. the only time you can find it yeah. is, well, uh, that's is your, loaded. You're guaranteed buying a bullet, right? In the casing, so why wouldn't they? Smart yeah. marketing, I guess. Yeah. Oh, there's one other question. So, Sorry, do you guys weight sort your brass? There's really no need because if you were to measure, say, a 50 count box, you'll probably get an, an average of one grain spread or less, yeah. Um, which is fantastic. And and how we do that is we use our, it goes through a single piece of tooling at a time. Right. It's, and so it's all our, in a linear linear manufacturing. So the same So one set of dies basically. Yeah. One set of tooling means that every single brass in your lot has ran across the same set of dies in yep. some way, shape, or form. And our webbing thickness is is only a few thousands variants case to case. So it's it's almost identical case to case if you imagine too those those cameras that are taking all those pictures they're measuring the out the outer dimensions of the brass generally if there was something wrong there you'd you know these are extremely precise cameras measuring the if you the any variance you'll see in weight will most likely be uh thousands or so maybe two thousands of external like in the rim itself the actual od the base not internal volume if you were to actually measure internal volume you'd be really happy with the results in the event that you did see anything more than a grain so no internal problem no internal yeah and even the external like i said don't be afraid to to wait sort it and see for yourself but any flyers we'll say should be contributed to in some way shape or form a little bit of uh, external dimensions and in the head itself which means it's not affecting your case capacity, right. basically. The, so, the, the majority of the weight of the brass is in that case yeah. head. So right. if you weigh any difference. Uh, what are some, like, uh, maybe a question or a comment you guys get most often from customers, whether it be through phone or email, but what is what is something you could tell everybody out there all at once? Craig? Our most <laughs> common questions we get are, 
when is something coming out? Okay. Where can I? When is something yeah. coming out? When can I yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna try to post up. Uh, we do this for ADG brass for unknown munitions, but we're gonna try to post up some information and work closely with these guys and try and keep it accurate for you, so you can go into the the Peterson brass product description and uh, hopefully get some good info there. Yep. Is there anything yeah. we missed? You guys wanted to talk about, Craig? No, you guys have touched upon pretty much everything we we get on a daily basis. And everything else is just little one-offs that. We are looking to ramp up more production this year. Last year, what did we finish at? Just under 10 million parts. So, 10 million pieces of brass. 2023, we're trying. We're shooting for 12. So yeah. nice. And you guys are running. You, t- you told us you're running 24 seven. Yep. Right. That's uh, it's an impressive operation here, guys. I could tell you, it's definitely like I said, not what I expected. Uh, the quality of machine, servo operated, the the operators in general, the like the overall company feel, all the employees look like they're taken care of, like yeah. they're happy to be here. Everybody's dressed out, Peterson. Very impressive operation. Yeah. Company, I appreciate you guys walking us around. Company mm-hmm. culture is maybe the most important thing. Like we want, we want everybody to want to be here. We don't. We want you know volunteers, not prisoners. Um, it means a lot to us that that everyone's happy. I know, me and Derek, we we come in on all the shifts. Uh, a couple times a month, and we try to see everybody, and we're, we make ourselves available. But overall, yeah, if if you got a happy guy that is just just happy to be here, is, is you know you know he loves hunting or, or shooting or loves the industry, he's going to do a good job. And he's most of our guys, like half of our guys, are ex-military or you know they're trained gunsmiths or they're just shooters or competitive shooters. So you know it's or avid it's, hunters. It's not just, just this like guy who's just watching this line it's there's guys that actually care about the product that's coming out and they actually like when they're doing their checks like they're actually getting getting calipers and actually and measuring it and they care like they know the difference that that can make so it's it makes a big difference when it's you know a company that's ran and employed with oh, yeah. shooters and things like that so american made too it's it yeah, yeah. When I, when I what I took away from the tour is your, your QC process because she was showing me where what fault she was finding and she, yeah. and I was like man that that's that's nothing she's like I wouldn't reload that so that's yeah. what you want to see yeah. before you get your brass oh, yeah, and somebody's tough. already saying no I wouldn't reload that yeah there's standards back there like a RQC minute got, little yeah, tiny tough. flaw <laughs> so that was the impressive part to me because I've been to another manufacturer and it wasn't that intense yeah so. yeah that's something Derek. Derek Peterson stands behind is he, we are not okay with letting stuff go out, you know, just across the board. If something's subpar, it, it'll go in the scrap bin or go in as seconds. We'll have seconds every once in a while. Um, but yeah, we, we don't want subpar quality, quality parts going out. So not with our head stamp on it. Yeah, no, nope. That's not going to happen. Not happening. Nice. Peterson cartridge company. Go check them out. Thanks for coming on guys. Yep. Thank Thanks you. for having Have us. Nice All right.